Hi, everyone. Welcome back to my first season. Very special guest today. This gentleman and I did work together before in Club Med Paradise Island in the 2002-2003 season. He was head of the tennis back then, but his first season was in the same village in Paradise, but in winter of 97, where he was just starting out as a tennis geo. And we also did a cross paths. I'm going to ask later if he remembers this when I was in Columbus, and I guess he was doing an overnight Columbus before heading out to Paradise. And on top of all that, he is the co-founder, general manager, and CEO of Rossland Beer Company which is an award-winning craft brewery tucked away in the beautiful mountain town of Rossland, British Columbia. So I really want to ask about, about that at the end of the podcast, because spoiler alert, I like beer. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone, please help me welcome from British Columbia, Petri. How are you, sir? Good, 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 Greg. How are you doing? Oh, good. Nice to hear your voice after all these years. It's been a long time. Long it has. Time. It has. Wow. Okay. I'm so happy you're you're here. So do you remember uh, meeting me? Because I sure as heck remember meeting you. I think you might have been going home on vacation or something, because I definitely was in Columbus when I met you. So do you remember that? Yeah, I think that I was... Uh, going to the dentist oh okay is that, is that i think i was just <laughs> yeah yeah like there, there was some time some kind of layover or changeover is that possible yeah no that's that, that sounds right and uh in fact I, I met you at the bar i remember it vividly because i remember asking you what you did at paradise and you told me tennis and i probably started laughing because i thought you were you were joking so why don't you tell people how t- <laughs> how, how how tall you are and then maybe they'll get yeah i'm uh, i'm i'm six six um yes. and i hover between <laughs> 270 pounds and 310 pounds. I, I fluctuate a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm a, big, was, I'm a big dude. It was the height alone, yeah, that got me. So that's why I, <laughs> I thought you were kidding, but I'm wondering if you if you got that a lot. I'm sure it just wasn't wasn't just me, right? Over the years, I'm sure people said, "Oh, all the time." You're all a tennis time. player, yeah. and it's it's believe me, it's a compliment. Okay, <laughs> because if you know how <laughs> if you know how hard tennis is, then wow. Okay. Did yeah. You? No, I, I I used to get it all the time, all the time. Did you have an advantage on your serve because of your uh, your reach or anything or your height? Is that a factor you know, in? Yeah, it is. I think there's a the measurement or kind of the rule of thumb is that anything over six five uh, or six four and a half, you get a slight advantage because you can slightly hit down on the ball for your kind of for your first serve. But there might be a teeny bit advantage. But uh, you have to be serving is serving is a big part of the game. If I if I couldn't serve when I was a kid. I definitely wouldn't have had any kind of junior career at all. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, serving was a big part of my game, uh, serving and volleying, and uh, then everything else kind of just fell around it. So how old were you when you started playing tennis? Uh, I played, I messed around a lot when I was uh, small, small, but first real tournament was when I was 12, turning 13. So it was pretty late in the tennis world, but super into it right away. And I lucked out. I ended up getting kind of um, good coaches and uh, good people around me. And I had a, a really, it, it formed kind of, formed my life for many, many years. It was great. And did you play volleyball or basketball? I played basketball too. I played all sports pretty much. Um, okay. Okay. I was, yeah. ho- I was hoping you didn't and the coaches would have been angry at you for wasting <laughs> your, your, your God-given height. Okay. So you did. Okay, good, good. So you put it to use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, basketball. Uh, we love basketball. Um, um, yeah. I played high school ball and then we played a lot of three-on-three tournaments. We had actually a pretty good run two years in a row. I don't know if you remember the Canadian Tire three-on-three tournaments in Canada. Yeah, yeah, I do. We we made it to the final two years in a row, lost to the same team two years in a row, and it was kind of college-level players. We actually lied on our entry 
uh, with one kid, Zach Redjick, who's just such a great human being. He uh, said he played a college ball for a school that didn't exist. <laughs> and uh, that's what got us in that bracket. And we ended up making it to the final and losing. So it's kind of a neat little story. Heartbreaker. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So guess where, well, before you set out to Club Med, where were you, where were you living? Were you in BC? Yeah. So before Club Med, uh, like way back, I was teaching tennis in the United States. So in New York and Connecticut. Oh, really? Yeah. I was kind of trying to, you know, I tried to play tennis a little bit competitively, very briefly in doubles and didn't make really any money at all and um, started coaching and really getting into teaching and coaching and seeing where it could kind of take me. So with the club med option, there was a teacher who you might know her, Marcy. She might have us by a few years now, but she was a tennis geo way, way back from Winnipeg. And she told someone, uh, one of my coaches, that this was an option to teach in the winter to get away. And so it was in the back of my mind that I could maybe work like a tennis academy in the summer and then go there in the winter. And that's kind of how the idea started. So New York, you said New York and, and where else were you teaching? Uh, Connecticut in the oh, summers. Connecticut. Um, oh, okay. Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. So she, so this Marcy was the one that told you about club med? Yeah. She, well, she mentioned it to my coach, uh, Mario, this is back in Winnipeg. And uh, I was just kind of checking out all the options of, you know, how I could go to somewhere cool, some, you know, a neat, neat places kind of all over and there's an off club med became an option i never really thought it was possible you know you kind of just send out a resume and then someone says well yeah you you could do this and we met up and for there was an interview and it all kind of just snowballed where was your interview i believe it was in winnipeg but i'm not even 100 it's, it's crazy but i don't even really remember it <laughs> okay so they didn't it was just a standard interview they didn't make you do crazy signs or... no they didn't no, they didn't okay. they, they they um I, like you know I hear, I hear other people's stories about their interview and you know they did say like are you okay with dancing like you know there was some generic questions but not like not uh not to the extent that the club met is right it was it was kind of a shock for me were you a good dancer back then <laughs> no no not at all um I actually love to dance that's the funny part is like dancing as far as like in couple kind of dancing I actually love dancing like waltzes and salsa and that kind of stuff but uh no I, not at all I was horrible to deal with as far as choreography goes I was not very good at all two left feet really bad and I'm guessing you'd never been to a club med on vacation before no no not at all only thing is just heard about it and that was it okay so about how long after the interview did you were you told that you'd be going to paradise it was what a few weeks after and there was a few there, there was an opportunity i think it was going to be turks and caicos or paradise and then they said paradise and that was kind of just where i was going because i was at that time i was in between going contracts in connecticut so i didn't know it was about timing it with with going that was my only kind of hold up at first but yeah, it was, it, it was an exciting time. <laughs> okay. And during this interview, did they tell you about the seven day, seven days a week grind and 12, 16 hour days or no? No, no, okay. Okay. no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. All right. So, so you were pretty wide eyed, I guess, when you arrived at that first week, you were just trying to take it all in and survive, I guess, or. Uh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Like 
I would be completely lying if I said I wasn't shell-shocked and very, very surprised. Did they have the ATP back then, 97 in Paradise? Like when we were there, like the big program? It was not the ATP, but it was uh, it was an intensive program where it was almost more famous back then than it was with the ATP. Really? I, we, yeah, strangely. It was because it was, it was, you know, most of the guests at that time were there for tennis. So where, where I found when I went back and when you were there, that there were a lot of people there for tennis, but not like not most of the guests, do you know what I mean? Like there were, there were guests that were there that were so into tennis, which was awesome. But I didn't find that like 60 or 70% of the guests were there for tennis, right? Okay, yeah, that's right. How many courts did you have back uh, in that in Paradise roughly? 16. Oh yeah, that's right, okay. Yeah, yeah. 16 hard truth. Okay, wow. So, uh, so any culture shock that first week? <laughs> yeah, well, the, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it was nuts that I remember getting the sheet, you know, where you got to be and, I, yeah. <laughs> and, just, and just being like, I, this one actually says you're in two places at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, that's normal. You just kind of, you know, you, you do one and go as soon as you can to the other one. You're like, okay, all right. And the seven o'clock bar was, was, you know, it got, it, it became really fun. Obviously the, the meetings at the bar and stuff, but getting off the tennis court and going to the bar, you know, you didn't have much time. So it, you had to, you had to get efficient at moving very, very quickly for sure. <laughs> and uh, any culture shock of, uh, of guests showing up to your tennis lessons in speedos and running shoes? Did you, did you, did you, uh, get that? Okay. you know what? It's, it's funny, but we, I think there was after about three weeks there, I'm teaching on the court and two ladies, two two younger women show up and they're in next to nothing like thong really uh, yeah and younger women i never heard of that really it's always guys okay (laughs) and so so i'm like what uh you know um can we help you guys help you and and they're like yeah we're we're just looking for a place to tan and so (laughs) i was like okay and there was no one on the next courts beside us so they pulled out the their these chairs and they sat in the middle of the court and they said that it was the best place to tan and they soaked up the sun i think they were putting on uh baby oil <laughs> okay and they guess the beach that nice beach in paradise didn't cut it for them like. oh i mean because there there's a serious reflection on those courts right like you just get baked um okay. so maybe maybe that's what what it was inside oh. info i don't know but. okay uh, all right okay. yeah <laughs> never heard that story before <laughs> they were committed they were they knew what they were doing they were <laughs> i'll say <laughs> wow okay that uh, i guess that's part of the memorable memorable guests well two of the memorable guests that you had that uh, that first season yeah who, who was your chief of village uh then if i may ask jean jean pierre grand oh yeah uh, that's right yes yeah. yes yes okay yeah he was my chief in 94 that's right because i think i think JJ. i also yeah jj yeah I went through, I, I recall myself, I think when I went home for a vacation, I came through Paradise as well. And yes, and Jean-Pierre was uh, was there. That's right. Yes, yes. Yeah, he was great. He yeah. definitely old school, you know, not a lot of nonsense, but tons of fun too. Um, I really, I, I, I appreciated him for sure. I thought he was great. JJ was nuts, like absolutely nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when we got there to ask about shell shock, like when we got there, the tennis team, which, it, you know, it was pretty neat because they were all, you know, they, they, they're really proud to be on the tennis team because it's, it, you know, they felt, felt special, right? Like it's, it was pretty cool and a neat feeling, but they were tired. They were just so beat up these guys. Um, and a lot of them, it was their first season when I showed up. 
So there was guys from all over the world, which is super cool. Germany, Belgium. These are the original guys, not my team. My team, which was amazing too. They were from everywhere, which I can get into that too. It's the best guys ever. Uh, but the guys, when we got there, they were, I think that they were already um, waiting to leave for a while. So you know how sometimes the date gets extended and extended and extended. They, it was three or four months after for this one guy and he was just done. And I remember asked him, asking him his name. I, I don't want to say his name, but he, he was from Belgium. And he, I said, so, you know, how is it? Like it was my second day, I think. And he, we're not allowed to swear, but he said, uh, it's bleep in paradise. <laughs> and I, ne- I never forgot it. You know, you remember some things, you know, your first couple of days. And I was like, oh, like, in a, I didn't know if he meant in a great way or in a bad way. Cause he just, he looked like he's, <laughs> he's been up for a bit, you know, like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> things you remember. I could have been their, their new slogan. Life as it should be. And it's effing paradise. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Wow. All right. <laughs> okay. So you had, you said you'd got there. So you probably arrived there after New Year's Eve, I'm guessing. Like, so you missed all the, the Christmas and. Um, no, I got there. It was probably, I think, late November, I'm guessing. But it was it was it was pre Christmas. Okay. Oh, so, OK, November 97. Yeah. OK, November 97. All right. So, you know, give or take ish. I'm, yeah. I'm not 100 percent. So had you ever worked on Christmas Day before? And if so. <sighs> How did you like it? <laughs> no, you know, and I, uh, I'm none of that stuff. The, the the dates and the working never really bothered me. I'm I was okay with that part. You know, your body, you get used to it. It it, it kind of it obviously builds a lot of relationships and bonding because everyone's going through it together. So that kind of makes you instantly get close. Like our tennis team was just amazing. Uh, we had we're allowed to say who we worked with, right? Is that yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. So there was Yoav, who was who became a really good buddy of mine. It was his first season as well. So, and I, do you know, do you know Yoav? Yeah, I, I know who he is. Yes. Yeah. So he was crazy. Like absolutely. Me and him worked really dynamic together. Like really, really good. He was, he's a really great guy. And Tony Mackey was first season from the United States as well. Uh, Ricardo Restano from Italy. There was Richard from France. He was kind of the older guy. Uh, there was Alex from South Africa. He was at, uh, uh Au pair who became a tennis geo, I believe. Colin from the States, who was really good at tennis. Uh, Colin DeWitt, Colin from Florida. He played good tennis. Then Miguel, no, that's our my last season. Sorry. I mix up all the seasons <laughs> sometimes too. But lots of great guys. Said Benaji, uh, rest in peace. Uh, he was the chief of tennis for my first season. Okay. Yeah, great guy too. Yeah, I did my chief of sports stage with him. Yeah, me and him, we didn't... You know, because I, I had a kind of a, we, we had, we didn't rub, we didn't connect very well the first few months, but by at the end, we really got along and kind of built a really close relationship, but we definitely took a while to warm up to each other for sure. Well, yeah, there's, there's so many, uh, you know, that's the, that's the multiculturalness of Club Med, right? I mean, uh, yeah, he was, nuts. he <laughs> was so much fun though. Like yeah. we, we bonded like to the point later on where me him and jj you might have heard a story of a story that happened to do with a golf cart getting crashed in paradise <laughs> that was us the three of us late one night we took it off of the remember paradise there's the steps going up to the entrance yes so, so we had the the golf cart up there ripping around and we took it off the stairs <laughs> and boy uh 
it was not a good landing. Did you, uh, did you get it about six feet or five feet? How many? Did you, it was did anyone bad. Anyone measure measure that? Okay. It was really bad. But the thing is, when you're with your two bosses, right? Like we were just. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny how it happens. And all, you, so, all you needed was Jean Pierre hanging off the back, and you'd be solid. You know. It was hard for him. he knew about it, and he was really upset. But he, what could he do? Like literally, his two top dogs were, you know. That was me. We're all three of us. <laughs> if there was anyone going home, it was me. Put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was fun. So, about uh, how long into your first season did the choreographer approach you to to do some dancing, <sighs> or or did they just give you like the comedy stuff for to start to get your feet wet? I tried to do yeah some of the comedy stuff for sure, and then I was always like the big visual funny looking character you know like the guy who didn't have to dance much the guy who stood in the corner you know like like a, i don't want to say a tree but <laughs> you know you'd come out what was i i was the jafar for example i was jafar uh, okay in the one and you know it's limited dancing it's just literally because you're a big dude that it kind of looks impressive right yeah um, but uh no they they knew that i was limited also too that i that i i uh i wasn't so into it you know i won't lie i i didn't love that part of it well the rehearsal too right though the, the lateness of the rehearsal wasn't uh, appealing either right i mean yeah no I, I i i just thought that there'd be so many other better people that were more into it than i was but yeah i i i wanted to be utilized in other ways i thought <laughs> <laughs> about how long like when you arrived, say from November 97, how long did you actually stay there your first season? I was there for, you know, my, I think it was about nine months, 10 months. Oh, okay. Um, I, see. I think it was a full season in a bit, uh, okay. maybe because I got there a little bit late, but it was, yeah. yeah, for sure a full, full season in a bit, maybe more like seven and a half, eight months. Again, I'm not sure. Were you an extrovert? Did you have any problems eating meals with the guests three times a day? Not at all. Um, that was my favorite part. Okay. Um, that's kind of what I always thrived in, in club med. Like my, my, I made up for kind of some things by always having good contact and sort of, I knew that, that that's what the, the geos were for. Like I knew that that was the whole connection behind people's vacations. So I, I really bonded with guests and made lifelong connections and it, even for work and for life, it, it was quite the experience that way. Uh, just, you know, experiencing cultures and that, that, you could, I could never go back and say that that was a negative. I mean, sometimes, you know, just like anyone, you're human, you don't feel like doing it. But um, for the most part, I, I really appreciated that and enjoyed it. Okay, good answer. Very good answer. Did you have time to learn any other skills while you were there? Or were you just always always at the tennis court? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, some, you know, stuff, beach stuff. And I didn't do too much. I, I went scuba diving a couple times at Columbus. But yeah, for the most part, you know, we didn't have a lot of time off there, before, right? And, and then when you did, I kind of wanted to just chill out when you eventually we had the day off. The first couple of years, there was no days off. Um, and then we got days off. I don't know. I, I appreciated the day off and kind of rejuvenating. Uh, I, I took, I, and I definitely took the most of that I could out of it, like as far as recharging the batteries. And other than your, your uh, golf cart, excursion gone awry and the two <laughs> ladies tanning on the court did any other 
I don't know, memorable things happen or do you have any other funny stories or not so funny huh. stories? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I know what a lot of them we can't. That's right. Thank you talk for, about. for respecting that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Cause like they're my roommate in paradise was Scott, a golf, Scott golf. We call him Scott. He was such a great guy and we got competitive in everything. Let's put it that way. I really enjoyed all of the possibilities in front of us. <laughs> so was he a better golfer than you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, different, okay. different, Dif- different, different, okay. <laughs> different, but some of them. Yeah. You know how you grow up and you change, but skirting around what we're talking about there, there are yep. some of those stories that you heard that are kind of crazy about, about how it used to be there is we, I, I was lucky enough to really see kind of club med change and I, when I got there, there was no days off. There were the, you know, naked card games at the bar. Um, there were the the picnics where everyone like, so you know, there was a lot of topless pictures that were okay being put up for people to see. Like, which nowadays you just would never do that, right? Like, yeah, um, it was time. just a, it was a different time, right? But I really appreciate it too because then when when you kind of spend a bunch of seasons or years people would say and I hear this now especially with the the groups the Facebook groups that you see and people complain about how things have changed and and I I don't look at a lot of things that way I look at it like uh it's just evolved the way it should you can always say that things used to be better but I think that there's some things that were not as good and something that are some things that are are way better they just they, they evolve the way they should the only way I can kind of put it if that makes sense yes Perfect sense. Yeah. Were there any other, I think you mentioned JJ and Jean-Pierre, were there any employees or even other managers who stood out to you or their work ethic made a good impression on you that first season? Yeah. Um, you know, I liked, like for me, my for myself, I really got to see, for example, with Saeed, he and I didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things at first, but his goal, you know, I think kind of like you wanted to be chief of sports um, his goal was to be, or, or, you know, chef de village, his goal was to be chief of sports and then to be uh, chef de village. And, and I appreciated someone who kind of knew what they wanted. Uh, even though at the time, you know, we were, we were all so young. I was 20, just turned 22, 21, 22. So I, I really appreciated that the work ethic and the idea that that's something that he wanted to do and how was he going to get there? Right. I, I love that. But I just thought of a, a fun story. Uh, we used to do the uh, beer beer chugging contest. Beer, JJ loved beer chugging contests. He was good at it. He was good at it. <laughs> he would get really intense about it, like really yeah. intense. And so we had one night had way too much to drink at dinner. And JJ and I went on stage and the competition started and there was Laurent. Do you remember Laurent from Sailing, France? Yes. Yes. Uh, so he was a fun guy too. Him and Richard from tennis were good buddies, uh, both from France. And so we went up and he was, he, I don't know what happened, but I ended up like, I won the race and then I chased him cause he spit at me or he spit the beer or I don't know what happened. So I chased him and we were a little bit inebriated at this time. And, but I didn't stop chasing him. Like I ran, I chased him through the crowd around the theater and everyone's laughing the whole crowd is going crazy and then we went up we ended up running 
throughout the entire village for like 15 minutes. I chased him in through the restaurant, all through tables, through the kitchen. And it got a little bit too far, right? Like Jean-Pierre Grand was like, <laughs> he's like, I got to talk to you the next day. And I'm like, he's like, you know, it's great. It's great that you're connecting with everyone and having fun. But he's like, that's a little bit too much. It's a little. <laughs> <laughs> People are, fr- are afraid. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the ones you, you remember for sure. <laughs> Uh, let me just ask you the side question today. Like, do you ever have the same recurring dream while you're back at Club Med working? Do you get these dreams or not at all? Or are you just, I, I, I used to a lot. I used to, but I don't, I haven't in a long time now. Um, Lucky. Yeah. I wish I would go away. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I used to get them a lot, like for many, many years. And I think every blue moon, you know, like once or twice a year, I might get one. And it's usually about working with certain people that, that I really connected with like for a while there, I was kind of the the second guy too, to um, in certain villages where I would take care of a lot of the, the um, difficult guests, I guess a good way to put it. I don't know how to, they would, you just focus on, on trying to help people see how much fun they could have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I love that task. Like I loved when the uh, chef de village would pull me over and say, okay, this person is their third visit here in five months and they're, you know, they break ball, they're a cascui and da, 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 they, they, you're someone that you're going to, um, I really want you to, to make sure that they, they get what they need and they're happy. And you're like, okay. And, and you just kind of keep an eye on them. And when you can say hi and help them out or do anything, I loved that kind of uh, side mission, I guess, so to speak. Cool. Yeah. And as you're, season was coming at end did you have to fill out a dream sheet like did they someone ask you where you wanted to go next what, what was it called the dream sheet back then or they just said hey where do you want to go you know i was i think at that time i was going back to teaching tennis at an academy in connecticut okay. so so i didn't i don't remember a list being given to me but i had an option after when i called back there was a couple places and I really loved the idea of going back to the Bahamas to a different place. And then I went to Columbus. When, what year were you in Columbus? The following winter. Following winter. Okay. I guess we, okay, we must have just missed each other. Cause I, I, they sent me three times to Columbus for like two and a half years. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was there for a while too. I worked with, who was your, who was the chef? Well, Z- well Xavier Korn was the one there like 97, 98, like. Yeah, Xavier Korn was was the chief then. Yeah, so when I got there, he was leaving. Okay, got it. I think Yusuf, uh, Yosef got there. Okay, yeah, it sounds about uh, right. So you went from a really, uh, yeah, really crazy village to the, one of the most quietest villages. Exactly, <laughs> and that's where kind of um, Mr. Dari and I, then he kind of wanted me to go with him or stay with him. I kind of became part of the team with him for a bit. Uh, okay. He was great. He was great. I learned a lot from him. He, a lot of people didn't connect with him or like him, but he was awesome to me. Like I, I learned a lot from him that you don't have to, he really worked harder than anyone. Like throughout the years I look back, I liked the way that he worked, like his work ethic. I, I took a lot from that, that I didn't have to agree with everything that he did, but he was definitely willing to put in the, the work. Uh, and that, to me, that goes a long way where, you know, when you see someone who who expects a lot from people because he's doing it himself. Uh, that guy was everywhere all day, all night. And I, I thought that was pretty cool beans for sure. How many uh, years overall did you do in Clement? I, I think I say six or seven. 
six to seven years. Yeah. Like what are the other uh, resorts you worked at? So paradise twice, first season, last season. Uh, And that was another, you know, an amazing way to close. I was, we were, I was, you know, kind of done by then too, just like a lot of people that have been there for a while, they love the concept of it, but they're done. Right. Where there's such sweet, awesome, lovable people, but they're just, they're, some of them are done, right? They got to go home and, and have a yeah. nap. Yeah. <laughs> long, long nap. <laughs> they got to have a long nap. They just, you know, and, and as much as they want to stay, they just need to, to go home. But so first season, last season, paradise. And then in between um, with some, you know, tennis breaks in between, like working other places. Uh, I did Germany and um, New York and Connecticut. And then I worked at a, place back in Winnipeg for a bit but the, the club men the villages were Columbus Dominican Republic Cancun Watuco St. Lucia and St. Lucia was the only one that wasn't a real season that was like a I filled out for I think GA called me and said I need you to go there for a couple months and I was I felt I helped them because they were they had nobody but yeah so so did I get them all I think there's all there's quite a few I asked this question of Peter and Tannis, so I'll ask you. No, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to answer it, or you can. Oh, or, or, no, it wasn't about me. <laughs> no, no, no. Or, or you could be diplomatic and just say everyone was good. Okay, so since you had a very good tennis team in Paradise when you were the head yeah. of tennis, you can't name yourself. So, would you? Who would you say was the best tennis player that you had? Or you could not answer, or just say you know they were all good. They, they oh had no, I'll skills. tell you. I'll, I'll oh, tell you. Okay. I'll tell you exactly what. <laughs> I got the head of so, tennis here. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I we played a tournament ah. to give you. A, we played a tournament. I won. The, I won. I beat everyone. Really? Except, yes, except for, and it must be noted that when remember the dude who came, Chris. That's his name. I don't want to say because you remember he got in trouble. Okay. Uh, let's just go with Chris. Yep. Okay. We won't say a last name. Yep. But he he got in trouble and had to leave who's who he's also a very popular guy that was on a tv show <laughs> yeah got it okay you know who he is right yeah yeah so that guy had to leave he beat me he was really good but as far as fabrice goes renato tennis miguel i beat them okay yeah i don't, th- I don't, I don't think, tell you that oh no i don't think tennis and peter mentioned oh that. and peter <laughs> and true. peter too peter too yeah. definitely okay all right yeah, no, no that's that's the gospel truth okay but, cool but uh like i said Chris, he was, he, he played a pretty good level tennis before he came to, and he was young and, but he was good. No, we had a little tournament um, and they were all really great. Tannis got really upset actually when I beat her, um, okay. which, <laughs> which she's so competitive and awesome, super good. And Renato is just an athlete. Amazing. But you know, he's a squash guy, right? He's just, but they, yeah, they didn't think that the big guy could take him down, but <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So out of all your seasons, and um, would you put one or describe one as magical or there, or that they were all different and special in their own way? Or is there one that stood out? Was it your first season because it was the first? You know, when everyone, yeah, everyone said first season was, the, you know, the most memorable as far as just shock and, and insanity. But, you know, when you do Cancun and there's Coco Bongos and yeah. You know, I mean, these there's stories that we can't talk about, right? Like it's just it's right. so crazy that. Um, so there, every every season meant something different, and meeting the people and there's friends today that I'm still friends with, and such really really great people. 
Um, you know, and I got engaged uh, your the, my last season uh, with Dominique. So there's a lot of memorable, crazy things, you know, amazing moments that happened. But uh, I, I wouldn't honestly be able to pick one out. And even the whole like dream teams and best this and best that, like I get it, you know. And I think when we were with at Columbus, and like you said, Columbus is a quiet village for sure. I think Yusuf won this big award for best team or best in the in the world or the zone or something that year, the, the year after. But you know, it's it's all relative to what your memories are and what you remember and, and your connections made. Like I, I couldn't possibly, I, I couldn't pick anything out like that. I wouldn't, wouldn't okay. be. Yeah. No, no, that's a good answer. Very good answer. All right. Now I'm very curious if you don't mind talking about the beer company you co-founded with your best friend, uh, Rosslyn beer company. So how, how does one start? Uh... <laughs> sure. I got, I have um, a funny story that's kind of, PG that I can tell you about. Uh, I just remembered about Cancun. Okay. How, how PG? Like, can you skip over the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, so um, An- Angelo, I think I was with Angelo. Oh, yeah. We don't have to say the last uh, names. He, if, uh... he, yeah, he's he's still a good buddy of mine too. Um, okay. There's a few guys that I'm, I'm still close with, but so we went to Coco Bongo's one night. I was supposed to work the next day and I met up with a news reporter, girl, Mexican, uh, and we all had fun. And I went to her place after Coco Bongo's and I guess it was late and we all had a bunch, but it was like three hours away. Oh God. <laughs> so I ended up like in the middle of nowhere, three oh, hours away. My God. And crazy? I was like, I woke, oh. I know. And I woke up and I was like, okay, I got to get to like, Whoa, my, where, what? And I was so late. Like oh. I was, it was horrible. And I felt so bad. Fabrice and um, not Fabrice, Fabian, Fabian. Remember Fabian? Fabian, young guy. I don't know if you yep. ever worked with him. I young guy, such a great, great guy. Like the nicest people in the world. And I was such an asset. Like in the middle of nowhere, I, I somehow phoned the village and said, look, I'm trying to get there. I'm just like <laughs> literally in a different state. God. <laughs> Oh, that was bus ride. Those three hour bus rides are horrible. Oh, and I just, I felt so bad because it was not the you know plan at all. And how'd you but, get back by cab or what? How did yeah, you do just, it? it was, I think I even had two different rides, like a bus okay. to a bus to a cab. And then oh. I had to run it, run in and grab money. And God, oh my, I can empathize. I've never done that, but it just hurts me because I can, I can picture, you know, <laughs> it was, three just hours so, out of so your way young, in mexico uh, like so out of control like I, I i would love to use this platform now to apologize for all the stupid <laughs> crap i did like <laughs> just sorry no problem yeah. <laughs> apology yeah. accepted okay Thank, thanks gregor <laughs> now talk to me about rosslyn beer mm-hmm. how did you you and your best friend started this like you just uh, went hey let's make some beer and then yeah, so I was working on uh, oil and gas rigs. I tried to teach tennis. Well, from the Bahamas, I went to Lake Louise with Dominique, and we were going to manage a hotel. That was kind of our exit. Uh, we got this great setup with this hotel, and it was kind of our kind of a dream situation. But I had other plans and ideas, and we were kind of just you know we we went our separate ways. She wanted to go back to Quebec, and so 
once I was in Lake Louise, I was, my mind was going how maybe I could start a tennis school. Um, so I taught a bit there on the courts and I started selling skis, working and started dreaming about, you know, having a business one day. Originally it was going to be a, a sports store, um, some kind of outlet where I could use sports. And I was, you know, at that point, uh, a lot of people were like, it just will never happen. Like you have to kind of get an investor or whatever. So I ended up trying to be my own investor where I went and did a full 360 and I worked on the rigs. So, uh, I mean, you know me, I mean, I'm a big guy, but I didn't have any experience uh, working with machinery or late, like heavy intensive labor work, right? Essentially going from a tennis court to working on a rig is a, you talk about a shock. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so I got in working on the rigs and I did that for a bunch of years and saved up and was dreaming about an idea to have my own business. And I met up with my friend who I grew up with, who lived a couple hours away from Lake Louise. We started renting a house together. He was a paramedic and I worked on the rigs and we started um, saying, you know, we wanted to get out of our jobs. I actually didn't mind my job, but it was just so far away that the commute and the lifestyle is really, really tough. So then we started coming up with ideas and plans. Uh, and when we were kids, my dad, uh, made beer. And so we were always around, you know, the homemade beer scene and we used to steal it and it was horrible beer, like the worst beer you've ever had. <laughs> yeah. We got into uh, the idea of making beer. Then we would make beer together um, as friends and we buy more and more equipment, splitting the cost. Uh, then the beer got pretty good. And then my, Ryan, the, he's the head brewer now for the company. He's the, the co-owner that you refer to my buddy. He started getting really good at it and kind of focusing on on it, um, just really kind of dedicated to it. And I started, you know, thinking about uh, the business side of it and the company. And so we eventually just threw our, threw our money in together or whatever we could. We maxed out our credit cards, cashed in our, our, uh, any RSPs we had. We got, we eventually got a small loan of 50,000. I think now it's hard to even imagine that that's, that was a thing, but my mom, my parents co-signed the loan for 50,000. And, um, that was in 2011 and we went from a two man operation, a tiny, tiny little system, uh, an all grain, uh, it was called trail brewing. It was in trail, which is about 10, 15 minutes away. And, uh, we've kind of morphed into this beautiful, big, small, very sleek, super proud business. It's an amazing, uh, I think we have 10, 10 employees now and growing. Yeah, yeah, I was taking a look at your your website, and it's uh, just been a dream. Yeah, I'm about to send great. you my my CV. Like if uh, <laughs> if uh, if Emma Emma and quality control doesn't work out, or Jesse the taproom <laughs> specialist is giving you trouble, you can you know I'm in there. I'm there. You know, I'll jump on a plane, man. Because it looks like you got some nice trails there too, right? You like you, people like mountain bike down the down the mountain, and they stop at. It's uh, yeah, it's literally the mountain bike capital of Canada. Some say it's the best in in North America. Um, there's just there's unbelievable amounts of trails and trail systems and they're taken care of. We call them trail angels. These guys are just, uh, they work with a, a group, a KCTS group that keep the trails amazing. And then the skiing in the winter uh, between uh, Roslyn and Nelson with Red Mountain and the surrounding area, that just some of the best skiing also. So uh, the temperatures are, are mild. It's a minus three or four is the average temperature in the winter. And then it's long, long summers. Uh, so short winters, but lots of good snow. 
so yeah, it's kind of, it, it's, I sound like I, you know, I'm trying to sell real estate, but it just, it's, <laughs> well, no, I saw your, I saw your videos on your website. It's, <laughs> it's they speak for themselves. You know, you talk yeah. about, uh, you know, how we used to say a club man, my, you know, my beach is my office. Well, you, <laughs> you have quite the view uh, from your office now. Yeah. Um, we're, we're so blessed. <laughs> like we're, we're really lucky too, because it's just so many like-minded people where, you know, where you have like back in the day with club med, you would have a week where everybody is on the same page. Like everyone is from somewhere different, but yet everyone is having fun and everyone is communicating and, you know, just totally into it kind of thing. Um, right. That's, that's sort of seems like what it's like here almost all the time. I definitely have to pinch myself for sure. I'm going to rattle off some names of your beer, seven summits, four on the floor, helter, smelter, pay dirt, seasonal green jacket. Who, who names your beers? We do. We do. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I read the, look at, I read the description on most of these. I want to say like, who the heck writes these? Cause I've been an English literature student the last seven years. I've done seven <laughs> years of essays and I'll never write anything as good as whoever wrote the description for four on the floor. So who, who writes this? I, I need, um, I need a gonna... name. Okay, which one? I'm gonna. I'm looking it up right now. If you could which, read, if you could read just a, you know the two sentences of four on the floor, so the people yeah. could hear how this beer is described and mouthwatering. It's one of our staples. It's uh. It's it, well, it's, that's the one I got drawn to first by the color, and then I read the description, and then fell in love with it. But who, who's ever writing this is is brilliant. Okay, by the way, whoever you yeah, are. That's that. Well, that is myself. And uh, wow. Let's see what, how old it is. Let's see. Four on the floor. Read more. Enormous hop additions give this beer a crisp finish and incredible floral hop aroma, pouring a sparkling deer clear. Sorry, I need glasses. Clear orange hue with a fleeting white head. This IPA captivates with its juicy hop-centric aroma. Fresh orange and apricot scents blend with a grassy nose, while light, bready scents soften the bouquet. Toasted grains build a solid base as a vibrant hops emerge. Orange and lemon rind bounce over the tongue mm, while tropical pineapple notes peek out in the middle toasted malts hold ground before smooth bitterness cleans the mouth balance from start to finish this ipa provides a prism of hop flavor without the aggressive hop bite <laughs> see hey, is... i i didn't write that I I, well, write okay that. whoever did man that okay. guy deserves yeah. a pulitzer prize in literature okay yeah they're getting a raise <laughs> for sure they're getting a raise yeah you're yeah. gonna have to start shipping this stuff now on your website because our people want to know <laughs> yeah we we've made some of the beers we've been making for a long time too so we they've changed a bit over the years but the fun that's the fun stuff for sure is naming them and we have tons of funny names. Uh, some that you know are inside jokes, and other other like the four on the floor is a great one. It's a great kind of club med um, name because you know, like my line is when someone says, well, "What does four on the floor like? Why did you name it that?" Right. So if you ask me why did you name it that, I would say, "Well, what do you think of?" That's why I didn't ask you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of when 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 with that name? And whatever you think of, that's why we named it. <laughs> because there are dog lovers in our town. So four paws on the floor, yes. right? Yes. Right. There's that one. But, then they're there's not, like, but they're not allowed in your, your place of business, I see. Not anymore. No. Okay. Not is, anymore. Okay. There was the incident anymore. with that German Shepherd and Schnauzer two weeks exactly, ago. Exactly. 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 Um, but then there's also, you know, like there's the pedal to the floor, like there's four on the floor that way. And then there's, you know, a few other things, but it's whatever you think of when you think of that, that's, that's the name for it. All right, sir. Okay. So, and uh, how much, so how many years you've been in business with Rosslyn? Uh, since 2012. 2012. Okay. 2012 as a, yeah, total as a company business now, 2012. We did change 
2012, 2013 from Trail Brewing to Roslyn Beer Company. We went through a couple different locations and now we're kind of in a, we like the spot we're in. Uh, we're building it up. That's actually what I was doing just before is uh, was on the roof. Uh, we're trying to figure out a rooftop patio, doing a, a more seating and kind of a really nice spot for, for a really good view. And that spot's the one in the, uh, the, the videos on your website? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to put, that's okay, like this, your uh, website uh, link uh, in the uh, your episode description, if that's okay, so people yeah, can of course. take a look uh, after listening to your story. It's, uh, kind of, it's kind of neat with the website. We were, I was just going uh, through analytics with a, uh, someone else on the team, and the, we I guess we get about forty to 50,000 hits a month on our website, which wow. is pretty, yeah, yeah who, who knew? That's some good traffic. <laughs> it, I, like, I had no idea until literally just now. It's pretty neat. Right. Am I forgetting about back to club at? Am I forget? I don't want to let you go. Like, you know, are you forgetting? Like, am I forgetting to ask you about a story, or 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 is there something you wanted to say a about million, Club Med before? A million you, stories. There's a you, million. Would a million you recommend uh, Club Med for for someone who was on the fence about trying it? Uh, you know, would you say try it for six months? Or definitely, definitely, I would definitely say try it. Um, story wise, there was a Nygard party that I can't talk about yeah 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 uh, please don't because I, yeah, I, I, I know about nightmare parties yeah it's, hey, especially in the current there's, state there's, of, uh, of yeah yeah okay. yeah <laughs> no, but, but, but for the record i didn't see any there was nothing like that too okay. for sure I, I was i did not see anything like that but i remember oh yeah that so we used to remember the big tennis demos where we play each other and you know it changed a bit on our last season but when my first season was there there were you know we would have a lot of people come and watch and it was pretty neat and the losing team would have to get naked on stage and yeah and like you know with the hats covering just your privates and it like the team got to a point where like like they could not stand it like they, no one wanted to do it <laughs> you know like guys having meltdowns like just yeah, yeah of course like just totally like yeah <laughs> doing shots before the tennis demo and then they suck even more because they're they're nervous about losing, but then they're kind of too drunk to play. Like if it was just this, it was <laughs> tough. A vicious circle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the man from BC, Petri. I really want to thank you again for coming on the show and telling us about your story. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I uh, thanks for uh, reaching out to me, Gregor. I, uh, I appreciate it. I was, I've, I've just listened to the Joe, Joe one. Oh, Joe okay. Episode. Yeah. I thought I, thought it was great. It was definitely amusing for sure. Um, so I'm going to keep my ears open and uh, check out the rest of them. Well, Tannis is up there. So if you want to listen to her, she, nah, she, she hated me for sure. I felt so <laughs> bad. And I like, cause I was just trying so many different ideas with those guys. And I just, at first I was kind of lame and then I got more into it. And by then I think I already like, the vodka, oh. cold vodka shots didn't work anymore at the bar. <laughs> hey, she she had a good she had a good night at the at the casino. No, she don't don't feel bad for Tannis. She she came home a rich lady. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. No, I, I I feel for all those people. Like I really I really like them, and I, I wish I, you know, when you look back, you 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 wish you did a better job. But oh, there's were, always room for for improvement anywhere, right? I mean, but you know, that being said, that I kind of I am where I am today because of all those experiences. So. So I, I thank them uh, even more than, yeah, for what I, what I didn't do, I, I've learned to do. So I sure appreciate them. All right. Now, don't hang up when I say it's see everyone next week. I just want to thank you again. So ladies and gentlemen, one last time, that was Petri. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Say bye, sir.
Bye-bye. Merci tout le monde. Bye-bye.